Hello and welcome to another edition of Brotherly Love Eagles Podcast. The Nick Foles edition. I was going to say, first game post-Carson. Foley and Dynamite returns. And, you know, he did a great job. He was Dynamite. He was he was Dynamite. Way to go, GT. You're really, really nailing it already. Already oh, yeah. in the podcast. You're already on fire. Coming in hot. Yeah. So... I'm curious to think, you know, when we talk about this, not think, I'm curious what you think, what, what what your feelings going into this game. I was kind of, you know, still complacent and still in a in a haze ever since the Carson Wentz injury. Well, so the uh, the line was minus seven, uh, which was a bit a bit heavy handed. But make no mistake, the Giants are the third worst team in the league. So I guess that's justified. I was expecting it to be like you know, an AFC North game, like 15 to 12. And instead, like uh, no one expected, it was an offensive shootout. Well, it had to be for the Eagles because the defense was terrible. They gave up three touchdowns in the first three drives of the game. Easily their worst game of the year. Well, I mean, I guess if we're talking about inferior competition, because they were pretty terrible last week until the fourth quarter, but you're right. It was against a much inferior opponent. And so two weeks in a row, the defense has looked like crap. This looks like last year's. This looks like last year's defense. Well, so I pulled up the. Uh, so we gave up 497 total yards, 75 rushing, 422 passing, and Eli threw three touchdowns. Uh, in week two, they had 415 total yards when we beat them on the Jake Elliott miracle field goal. So I don't. I don't know if there's just something about Eli and the Giants' offense, and they had the same game plan. Uh, where they basically would throw a slant after 1.7 seconds on every play. And they murdered us in the first half because they kept doing that, and then they would run like slant-and-go plays, and our quarterbacks were biting on slants. But so, Darby, the, yeah, Darby fell for about 30 double moves. <laughs> yeah, the old sluggo. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, I would say the only redemption was Darby's interception, where he, he broke on an insider out. And that, that was a really decisive play that kind of turned it around for us in the second quarter. Yeah, and he, yeah. Also, he also, at the end of the game, he finally didn't bite on the double move and made a great play um, yeah. to knock the ball out from the end zone. But it looked a lot like the Week 2 game with the 27-24 game, except Carson wasn't very good in that game in terms of like how much yardage the defense gave up to Eli and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, yeah. Sterling Shepard is definitely an Eagles killer. In his, in his very short career, he's already he's already done a great job with that. So let, let's get into Nick Foles a little bit because, you know, that was the biggest question mark coming in. That was the storyline, of course. And, you know, he played as well as he can play. He's never going to be Carson Wentz. We know that. He's, he doesn't have the arm. But, you know, he made some great throws. And while the, the broadcasters were indeed boring as hell, they, they, did do, they did do a good job, though, of calling out the inadequacies of the defense and – how well the, that Foles played. And, you know, he scored, they scored, he threw four touchdowns. So, you know, I give him an A+. plus. Yeah, no, he had like a Carson stat line. He was 24 for 38, 237 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, he just needs to stop with a double clutching. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Either I, throw it away yeah. or make the throw. <laughs> I think I, I chalk that up to being rusty. So I don't, I don't knock him too much for that. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna give him a pass for the the, the double clutching he did about twenty times. <laughs> yeah, first game back, but that that was kind of the one thing about Foles is he doesn't have. I guess it, maybe it's improved, but going back to like his twenty thirteen dream season and twenty fourteen, 
he does struggle in the pocket, right? Like with when he hesitates, he doesn't like maneuver in the pocket very well. And uh, although he had a great little uh, stutter step move that was, I said he yeah, pulled he's a Wentz. He's he pulled better, a Wentz yeah. until he uh, jeeked, uh, juked, not jeeked. Event. Yeah, I think Jeez. it was Pierre Paul, and then made a made a, a nice play. Well, his best throw was the one that Aguilar dropped. That was a great throw. Yeah, it wasn't like he was. Uh, you know, just taking checkdowns all all game. He was making some high difficulty throws, no, and no, even no. the even the touchdown to Aguilar, where Aguilar made a great play. It wasn't a great throw, but situationally, it was the right decision. You know, with Aguilar one on one to throw that ball up. I actually think that was. I disagree. Though. I think that he did that on purpose. I think he knew that the defender had his back turned, so he said, "You might as well give him a shot." Maybe try. He may have probably try to get it a little higher next time, but at least you know he had the right idea. And then Aguilar made a hell of a catch. So yeah, you know, encouraging. I just you know this team, and I was saying it to somebody last night, but I still believe it's if it was Wentz and we were the number one seed, I don't think anybody beats us. Whereas with Foles, anybody who comes in, I'm afraid we're going to lose. <laughs> and then they were trying to do like the Jeff Hostetler, which is everybody's talking about, is like right. this Eagles team. But this defense, if they keep playing like they did the last two weeks, it doesn't matter who we play. It's going to be an offensive shootout, and we'll have to depend on Foles to win it. Yeah, so that that's definitely troubling. And they were saying, and then they did a great stat of like, yeah, but it's been since 1990, and every and the other QB who's got <laughs> out there won yeah. one playoff game. I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Nick Foles, I mean, it's, it is, uh, it's easy to dismiss who your backup quarterback is when he's not playing, but Nick Foles is like, uh, I would arguably the best backup quarterback in the league in terms of experience and ability. Well, Case Keenum has proven to be the best one this year. Yeah, sorry, I'm kind of considering him now just a starter. Right, but technically he was the backup. But you're right, you know, he has 20 wins as a starter. That's, yeah. you know, he's above 500, so he he can get the job done. And he, he, he took us to the playoffs, you know, when the Chip Kelly year, he's the one who took us to the playoffs. He was 8-2 as a starter, so mm-hmm. it's just, you know, can they beat the elite teams? That's still TBD, but, you know. When I was gone last week, you know, New England laid an egg against a terrible Miami team. So, you know, you never know with these situations. And so at least at least today gave us hope because they had to deal with adversity because, as I was saying over text, you knew no matter what they said about, like, oh, they're mentally strong, you know it was going to be a tough week for them to prepare mentally because your star QB goes out. That's just natural. And so I didn't think it would be coming from the defensive side, though. That's what was alarming is they just were – just getting gashed in the first half. Yeah, and you know, it is um th- this game for me reinforces uh P- Peterson is actually a good coach argument cuz you know, he delegates the defense to Schwartz who obviously came up with a garbage game plan. But we have two backup offensive linemen in there and a backup quarterback and you while the the Giants defense is horrendous, you still put up 34 points. And it wasn't, and, and we were in bad situations all day because the defense was so bad. You know, we had to go the length of the field, with the exception of like, well, I guess we had the block punt and the interception. But, but um, I, I give a lot of credit to Peterson holding the offensive ship together despite all of the injuries we've had. And they always seem to make good halftime adjustments every game, especially right. on the offensive side of the ball. Like they they march down the field and and kick the field goal to take the lead you know so it, he always seems that they always seem to come out in the second half with you know they 
they always seem to adjust well. That's just, you know, and that's a sign of good coaching. And that's something we've never experienced in the lifetime <laughs> as an Eagles fan, whether from Buddy Ryan through Andy Reid, like the one thing they're always bad at is halftime adjustments. He still needs to work on his challenge uh, decisioning, though. I don't mind it as much in the first half. I agree. I think it was a bit of a waste, but it wasn't like egregious, and it's in the first half. So, it, you know, that one doesn't bother me as much as the, you know, the Russell Wilson lateral one. Well, that, well, yeah. Although, in the rule is, right, you get two total challenges a game, right? Or a half? Is it per half? No, for I the, forget. it's the game. And then if, you, if your challenge is successful, then you get an extra one. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's only a blunder to the extent that you eat into your challenge reserve yeah. when you yeah. shouldn't have for yeah. a, a play later in the game. That you and with this for. officiating, that you're probably right. That probably was a terrible idea because I'm surprised. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't something to come back to haunt us where we need that. You know, the challenge flag. <laughs> yeah, we had 44, and then the, and then the Giants challenge that, that was obviously a catch, and then somehow they said it was still incomplete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> horrible, horrible. Uh, and then we got a we got a touchdown on a clear delay of game, and they got a touchdown on a clear pick play. So clear offensive pass interference, and we definitely got away with pass interference on the last play the Giants were in. Oh, I totally disagree with you. Oh no, Corey Graham was like holding Evan Ingram's arm. I I I think that was a good no call. You know, especially well, you know, especially on fourth down in that play. Like unless it's egregious, let you know he was in the right position. You're saying he grabbed his arm, but he was right there, so. Yeah, I, I, I think you still view uh, pass interference through the lens of 1992. <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> where like every ticky tag thing shouldn't be called as PI. Yes. Yeah, exactly. In the modern NFL, that usually gets called. Yeah, well, at the end of the game, they let, let the players play. And if it's not egregious, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> Buddy Ryan here. I'm not, I'm not giving you that <laughs> one. I'm not giving you that one. So, uh, what was your rated and your impact play of the game? Uh, I think it was definitely the Darby interception. Yeah, we were yeah, we were I getting totally tooled, completely steamrolled, and that turned it around. That, yeah, that stopped the the tide of the Giants' offense, the now prolific against the Eagles' giant offense. Yeah, even exactly. They're twenty fourth against the rest of the league. And then yeah, yeah, because Ertz was had that drop on third and six before that play, you know, and I'm just. Yeah, just beside myself, and then the Darby pick that really turned. Out. Oh, and then the fourth and one was before that, where Blunt goes right into a, <laughs> a pile of giants and not even close <laughs> to a first down. So yeah, that Darby that Darby pick was huge because they have the ball at midfield. You know, they have all the momentum up twenty seven, and you know, and then to get that pick and then to get it to twenty to fourteen was huge. My other piece of feedback for Dougie P is um, every time Blunt is in the game. We run, we run up the middle. There's no like misdirection going on with Blunt. It seems like right where we'll put him in so the defense thinks it's a run and then yeah. pass it. Yeah. So we we need to be a little less predictable with Blunt when Blunt's in the game. Yeah, and J- uh, Jai had that you know really good uh, series when he had a long run and then had the long screenplay in the beginning of the was that the no that was that was the one that put him up thirty one twenty three when. Um, Aguilar that was the Aguilar crazy, touch. yeah, the yeah. crazy catch, Aguilar. Yeah, I had the same thing. So you, let's just get into negatives. Uh, I think number one has to be the entire defense, but especially <laughs> yeah. the cornerbacks. You know, yeah. Darby probably had his worst game as an Eagle. Mills had a terrible game. You know, it was pretty much across the board. You know, I don't think Jenkins played that great. McLeod had that really nice tackle and that third down play, 
and McLeod seemed to be the one that was the only one who showed up today in the secondary. Well, but then he had that hurt, terrible miss tackle, and he took a bad angle on the uh, – who was it? Um, was it the Shepard touchdown? Yeah, exactly. The pick okay. play. The oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Play, like, yeah. He, he, had, he took a terrible angle. He looked like Chris Maragos on that one. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. He pulled was, a Maragos. <laughs> yeah. Wholesale bad defensive effort. And I guess, like, the defensive line was um, – was decent, but I thought they were the, terrible too. But I'm, I'm but, saying compared to the secondary, they were second most terrible. Well, I think though, in the case of the uh, defensive line, the problem was the, that Eli was getting the ball out so fast. Yeah, the, I would say that I, I give you that in the first half, but the second half, he was taking deeper drops That's a lot true. of the time, and they were never like they were not putting any pressure on him. And you know, the Giants' offensive line has been terrible all year. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully you're right. Hopefully it's against the Giants. But if we're going to have any chance to make any Super Bowl run, it, everybody's been saying, oh, well, we have an elite defense. Well, they didn't look like an elite defense today. Yeah, we had, we had an elite defense coming into the game, third, third overall. Yeah, well, but, the, uh, they played like they, they, played, played, the, they yeah. played to the level of their competition. And let's hope that's just what they did. Because, you know, if this team is going to make any deep playoff run, it has to, the defense has to be top-notch. Yeah, it's 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 almost like the 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 best case scenario is that the Giants are just in a, a matchup anomaly for our defense, right? Because both both games this year they've killed us, kind of like Tom Brady in Miami. Yeah, hopefully it's just like it's one of those things where they're a terrible de- team overall, but against the Eagles, it's just like a matchup nightmare for whatever reason. Yeah, no that. It certainly seems to be the case against the Giants this year. Um, I also had dumb penalties down for the defense. You know, well, it's, uh, yeah, and the and the five yard offside penalty on the on the Giants oh my punt. god, that was huge. Yeah, I I kind of justified that though in my head though because we got away with Eli missing a wide open Shepherd that could have been a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. So they got a touchdown a couple plays later, but yeah, you're right, that was an awful penalty. Well, and overall, the special special teams was basically where we won the game. Yeah, yep, exactly. You know, the block extra point, block field goal, block punt. Yep. When does that ever happen? Yeah. Yeah, you can put that. I didn't put that down to the positives, but you're definitely right on that part. That part, and then I I had down receivers going backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's a, the classic Ertz. We had Ertz who goes back three yards. Luckily, he had already had the first down. Smith who gets the who has easily has a first down and goes backwards, so that it's a third and one. Luckily, we convert it. And then Bur- Trey Burton even did it uh, towards the end zone. I think it was towards the end zone. But I was like, what 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 are they learning in practice this week? Was this a drill that went awry? <laughs> Oh man, and Ertz is a Hall of Fame tight end, running running routes until he catches the ball, and then he regresses to a high school tight end. Yeah, well, he did he, he did break ball. a tackle on a huge third down though. We gotta give him credit. It, well, yeah, he broke it. I think it was it was more like a missed tackle than a broken tackle. <laughs> yeah, I was about to kill Ertz in the first half <laughs> until he finally scored that touchdown. But he was like making boneheaded plays. Oh yeah, he had the drop, and then he went backwards. It was like I'm about to. I'm about to kill him. What did you have down? Any more negatives that I missed? Um, I thought our I thought our run offense was a little spotty today. Although we still had 106 rush yards, I'd like to see a little more production out of the rush offense. But I guess we were playing playing behind all games, so that's probably why. Well, yeah, and it, I think I and I texted you that a guy sometimes is a, not patient enough. That mm-hmm. I think he doesn't wait for the blocks to play out. And like you said, we had two backup defensive linemen in there. I mean, offensive linemen in there. So that always, you know, that that breaks up the continuity. And then like they just, 
we're definitely still going to be a pass first team. You know, Peterson loves the pass. He comes from the Andy Reid school that the pass sets up the run. So I, you know, it's just going to be one of those things where until they feel like they're gashing them on run plays and yeah, being down 27 kind of, kind of, uh, changes your game plan as well. But I, I was encouraged with Ajay. I thought he'd showed some explosiveness. So that's encouraging. And it's obvious that he's going to be the the number one back as we make make the run moving forward and that, you know, Clement and and uh Blen are going to come in with service spot duty, but that it's Ajay Ajay is the clear number one now. Well it's uh yeah this the stat sheet today is kind of weird because we only we had two hundred and thirty three pass yards, 106 rush yards. So not a lot of yards, but time possession was basically even. And we were actually ahead. Time possession was 30-31, and that was before the last series. So, but, but our offense, per usual this season, was super lethal in the red zone. Well, so that's, we, that's we still, the we still key. have that. That's, yeah. that's been our key all year. You know, because, yeah, they definitely gashed us on the yard side. And then, uh, and then we had all the special teams, especially the block punt, so it was short field there, and then the pick. So we had two big plays there. Yeah, and am I missing something? I feel I, I feel like like I'd like to see more Corey Clement, Trey Burton. It's like whenever they're in the game, they look awesome. But maybe it, maybe it's just because they're not deployed a lot. They're kind of like trick players. Well, we always say Trey Burton seems to always get open, and he was wide open on that touchdown. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess whatever their their formations are, that a lot of times it's single tight end. And I think the thing is, is that Ertz and Burt. Burton are kind of the same guy. They're not great blockers. So when Selleck's in there, that's much more their run game because he's still by far the best blocking tight end. So that's probably why Burton doesn't get a playing time if if it's a you know a run kind of play because he's not great at blocking. I would love to see more two tight end sets where they're both going, you know, they're both going out pass routes because like like you said, Ertz, if he's healthy, always seems to get open. And then Burton always seems to make big plays. But you know, yeah, that just must be might be just a personality a personnel thing, not a personality thing. Uh, any other negatives? Nah, that's get. all I got. That's all, all I got, got. Matt. So <laughs> on the positive side, definitely Foles definitely delivered. That was awesome. You know, it was good to see that, you know, they still we definitely still have a competent quarterback is 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 it going to be anywhere near the Wentz level? No, but we knew that. Uh, I definitely had down uh, the offensive line, especially Jason Kelsey. They kept showing replays of him, and he was just, you know, plowing down guys 20 yards down the field. You know, he's had a great season, which is funny because, you know, the rumor was in the offseason they wanted, to, they wanted to trade him because he wasn't big enough. But, wow, sometimes the best trades are the ones you don't make, and Kelsey's mm-hmm. been a stud all year. Yeah, I have my positives with special teams. Uh, especially after last week when we kind of got dominated in special teams and the Rams are the best special teams uh, unit in the league. Yeah. We're, we're good. We're 12th in the league. Um, and the Giants are 29th. So that definitely played out today where special teams alone was probably responsible for what? At least four points through the block field goal and extra point and then really another seven because off the block punt we scored a touchdown. Yeah. So no, they they really teed up like eleven total points. Yeah, no, I think they're definitely the, the if there's a star unit of the game, it would have to go to the special teams or the offense. Definitely not the defense. Yeah, but I, just to get to the back to the offensive line, you know, Vitai did get beat a couple times, but for the most part, I thought he had a pretty solid game. Especially if there was any screen plays or any run, his run blocking and his screen game blocking are great. It's just sometimes his pass protection is still the spottiest part of it. And then you know. 
Chance Warmack came in and he was terrible all year and he had a decent game, it seemed like. You know, it'll be interesting to see what they do when they break down the film, but you know, the line seemed to hold up pretty well today. Yeah, the 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 screenplay to Ajay that set up the Aguilar touchdown, like when they showed the replay, when Ajay caught it, um, like Warmack, Vitae, and Jason Kelsey were all like twenty five yards downfield. Yeah. And it's incredible that they can move that fast. Yeah. For how big they are. Yeah, no, they definitely they definitely have the athleticism. It's just yeah, sometimes the pass blocking just they get beat. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I had is is Eagles fans again show up big time. You would think that maybe they've been they're definitely a little down. We know that this week with you know with the jinx talk and is this franchise curse? But they came out in droves and took over MetLife Stadium, you know, and that's pretty commendable considering. You know, it, like you would think, maybe this week they were a little, little lethargic until they see what Foles got. But you know, it was definitely sounded like it was an Eagles home game. Yeah, and and I alluded to this earlier, but our offense—I uh, don't know if this game proves it. We'll kind of have to see how it plays out for the rest of the season. But um, our offensive system and scheme that Peterson has designed—you know—it's it's proved that it's at least resilient to losing Wentz. Like it. He made a lot of plays outside of structure, as they would say on Eye in the Sky. Right. But we were also an incredibly efficient offense within our scheme. Um, so that, that's encouraging to see. Yeah, and any quarterback is going to misread sometimes and miss open guys. That just happens. It's just the nature. You know, the great ones, you know, even they mess up sometimes. And we know Nick Foles is not great. He's going to be – we want him to be good. We want him to be like a C plus B minus B, and I think he was all the way to a B. And that's – I'll take a B, Nick Foles. And he made some great throws, and, you know, they made a great point that he he's willing to stay in the pocket, and your teammates always appreciate that. And he took a big hit and made a nice throw to Aguilar. And Aguilar, besides that one drop, had a really good game. Ertz had a solid game. Uh, Jeffrey had a solid game. So all the players that you need to step up had, had solid games. And you can tell, like, the, the, the offense is still very confident. Yeah, and I think uh, that's a good point. Also, the locker room likes him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it would su- it would suck if Jay Cutler was our backup quarterback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or Donovan McNabb. <laughs> Where they're like, yeah, just even, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, you could kind of see it, like on that one play. It, it was like the protection broke down, and Foles was trying to hit Jeffrey because they were uh, Jeffrey like went upfield, and Foles thought he was going to the sideline on a broken play, but it was kind of like you know. There's a good rapport it seemed between them. Like Alshon just said, "Oh, that was my bad. I I thought I thought you were gonna throw it up field, you know." Yeah, and there was one so play where see. Foles said the same thing when he like kind of threw it to Ertz, where Ertz had like no gain. He was like, "That was my bad. I put it behind yeah. you." Or yeah. like when he, I liked it when he went over to the secondary when they made the INT and was like pat on the back, like thanks for getting us back in the game. Yeah. Instead yeah, of like yeah. going over, they'd be like, "You guys have sucked so far today." <laughs> That's what I would have said. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, I li- for my life, can you just make one stop for God's sakes? <laughs> I thought it was funny too. Like, I don't know how incredible the story was. The commentators are talking about it. It's like, Foles was considering like hanging it up like a couple years ago or whatever he said. I was like, really? Like, he wasn't like, oh, I guess I'll just make $10 million sitting on a chair on the sideline. Well, don't forget, he comes from a wealthy family, so he doesn't need it. He no, I, He does I, play, I, he plays with the love of the game. So if he was probably like, I don't want to be a bench warmer, I would just like, figure out what I want to do next in life. So I could That's totally fair. see that. That's fair. You know, but you know, I'm sure he's happy that he stuck around now since he's on a team that's 
just clinched a, a, a bye and is going for the number one seed. It's fun to play in those situations, I'm sure. And he clearly understands the offense really well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was never the problem with Foles, you know, yeah. And I like it's because it's 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 a different version of the Chip Kelly offense, but it's still got some of the same. It's funny because except it's completely different. <laughs> no, no, I was I was no, I disagree. I think it's like a cross between like Andy Reid and Chip Kelly is kind of like where Doug Peterson offense is. Oh, uh, that's like, fair. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair characterization. Yeah, I see so, what you're saying. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, jerk face. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's totally comfortable in it, and you know, it plays to, plays to his strengths and limits his weakness. And you know, he's never going to be the mobile guy, but as long as you know, he can at least uh, keep the defense honest with those those uh, run option pass plays. RPO. Yeah, they love saying that <laughs> acronyms. It's so hot right now. So uh, the last segment. You know, because I think we we done a good job of talking about the pluses and minuses. The the my, the biggest minus is our defense. If we're ever going to make a real run, hopefully the Giants game is an anomaly. Luckily, they seem to always play defense. Always seems to play a lot better at home, so that's good. The final two games are at home, so you know, win against an Oakland team that's I don't think very good next week, and then hopefully you don't have to worry about the game against Dallas. Uh, but you, know, I I don't have the Minnesota's final two games in front of me, but you know they're just. Now they're just fighting for the number one seed. So, I mean, unbelievable. As disappointed as disappointing of a week this has been, you know, we were talking. I meant to check the our original podcast to see what our predictions was, but I think you had us down as eight and eight. Was that what you had us down as? I was like eight and eight at the beginning of the year, and then after the strong start, I think after the Giants game, I was like, I'm willing to go to nine and seven. <laughs> right, but I'm I'm talking about before even week one. I mean, after the Redskins yeah, eight, game, yeah, eight and eight. Yeah, I, I think eight, I was ten yeah. and six, but I don't remember. I definitely, was, I'm pretty sure you were. Yeah, I think you were ten and six, and then after the Giants game, I think you were like eleven and five. Okay, yeah. So I was like ten and six. We and we were going to battle the Cowboys for the division because I never believed in. I never believed in the uh, Giants ever. Red or the Redskins. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> we're twelve and friggin' two. It's nuts. <laughs> and our star QB went out last week and it's just the resiliency of this team is I as bad as defense played, it's just the resiliency that this team has shown is truly unbelievable. Your best your best lineman is out for the year. Your best running back is out for the year. Your best and star quarterback MVP candidate out for the year. Your mm-hmm. best linebacker out for the year. And this team sits at twelve and two. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Makes no sense. It makes zero sense, and it shows. <laughs> it just shows, you know, the character of this team and how the you know got to give all the credit to the coaching staff and just, the coaching. Yeah, it's just it's exciting to see. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you though, after even Minnesota being Cincinnati at home, everybody's like, oh, they killed Cincinnati. Cincinnati's terrible, and their coach pretty much said he was going to leave at the end of the year. So, who scares you the most in the NFC right now? I mean, the the afternoon games are going on right now, but I don't think anybody scares me. It's just that, like, I think anybody can beat us if they give us their best game and we don't play our best game. That's just the way it is now without Wentz. Yeah, there's no team that's – well, the, the NFC by and large is strong, but no team stands out as, like, particularly lethal. I mean, right. New, Orleans, New Orleans, like, terrible today against the Jets. Yeah, you know, and they when we were about to say they were the scariest, they've been very mediocre – um, in their in their victories uh, as of late, 
So I still think I still think the I, I think now the Rams scare me the most. You know who actually might scare me even more than the Rams is Carolina now that Olsen's healthy. Yeah, but Scam Scam Newton is Scam Newton doesn't scare me. Yeah, but that's that team with Olsen is a, just a much different offense, and you know with they took care of business against Green Bay today. You know, yeah, I just who would you rather play, golf or Cam Newton? I would rather play golf. Well, it's not so much. Uh, I mean, Gurley kills us, so yeah, Gurley scares that. me way more than golf. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we we've proven that we can beat the Rams in a shootout, but um, you know, if defensively they have a stronger game against us, then I I don't have faith in our defense to stop like the scheme of McVay with Gurley. I think it's it's that the schematic piece of it scares. But I golf. I don't. I would love to play them in cold weather, whereas I don't, you know, That's true. Carolina it doesn't get intimidated by cold weather, and Cam Newton's got a rocket of an arm, so it's not like he's going to be affected by that. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but I think Carolina's definitely back on my radar, where we had to dismiss them for a while, you know, because it looks like the Packers are definitely done now, because they lost today to Carolina. So, Carolina's definitely back on my radar. That's the one team I'm going to add. Yeah, at least we didn't. Uh, the one thing uh, I was just watching pieces of that game. Um, we didn't draft McCaffrey. I'm glad we didn't do that. Yeah, well, he's I think not. Bar- a, he, Barnett was a better pick than McCaffrey in the first. I round. was never buying the McCaffrey hype as a first round pick. I thought it was ridiculous how high he went. Yeah, he's like a third or fourth rounder is where he probably should have gone. He, I mean, yeah, we'll see. He's still a rookie. Maybe we'll see. But yeah, it just didn't seem like first round talent. Well, that's the thing. If you're if you're like a you're supposed to be a multiple threat running back and you're not good as a rookie. You're probably not going to ever be as good as you're supposed to be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It seems like if you're a stud running back, you're a stud running back right away. Whereas with like, yeah, with Barnett, you know, it's like a pass rusher, a technique pass rusher. If he's not great this season, even though he's exceeded our expectations, you know, he could be better in his third or fourth year. Yeah. Running back. It's not really the case. Yeah. But anyway, I you know, it's it's just an amazing run this team is on, and it'll be fun to watch these final weeks, and hopefully we can have at least a fun playoff run. That's all I want now. You know, because yeah. even even today's game, I would have been of course annoyed that we lost, but I was just proud of like the character they showed to, you know, down twenty seven, you know, giving up that fourth and one, like I said, like not even close, and then. From that point to win that game shows the character of this team and as a microcosm for this season in general. It's, yeah, like it's it's kind of nice because going into the game, I've felt no pressure. Right. Yeah. Usually, I'm nervous. Like if when if it was when still it was the starter, I'd be nervous because I have such high expectations. And then when we were in the game and we were like uh, winning, but we were about to give it back to the Giants because their defense is so bad. Then of course I was sweating. Right. Profusely. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was, yeah. Sweating. I was just yeah. sweating that last drive for sure. But I, by the way, and then this is our final thought. But showing that Doug Peterson, because I never understand why coaches let the clock run out when, like, if there's a chance the other team scores, you're screwed. I yeah. was so happy that they used those timeouts so that even if the Giants score, we would have a shot for a winning field goal. That was super savvy. Yeah, I was very pleased with that, and like completely anti-repeat. Yeah, and most coaches won't do that. Yeah. No, that was super smart. Yeah. yeah. All no, right. The only, the only critique of Peterson is the challenge, but that's kind of ticky-tack. Yeah. No, I think he you could definitely put him in the positive zone for sure. 
All right. Well, until next time, we have the Raiders next week. Well, let's try to do a midweek. We'll try to do a midweek one with mom since we haven't talked about mom with the, after post Wentz because I was out of the country all week. But uh, so we'll, we'll get a mom session in midweek and then we'll, we'll talk to you then.